0: I really want the audience to stay seated after, no i yeah. after that. Correct. Um, are you the person? I am. Could you please uh, read your verdict? Um, individually? Sure. Okay. Um, on count one of involuntary manslaughter as to Madison Baldwin, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count two of involuntary manslaughter in regards to Tate Muir, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count three as to involuntary manslaughter regarding Hannah, Hannah, St. Juliana, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. And in count four of involuntary manslaughter against Justin Schilling, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Thank you for allowing you to be And I'm going to see the police
1: Jury seat number one, was that and is that your verdict? It is. Jury seat number two, was that and is that your verdict? Yeah. During seat number three, was that and is that your verdict? Yes. During seat number five, was that and is that your verdict? Yes. During seat number six, was that and is that your verdict? Yes. During seat number seven, was that and is that your verdict? Yes. During seat number eight, was that and is that your verdict? Yes. During seat number eleven, was that and is that your verdict? Yes. During seat number twelve, was that and is that your verdict? Yes. During seat number thirteen, was that and is that your verdict? Yes. Yes. Jury in seat number 14, was that and is that your verdict? Yes. Jury in seat number 16, was that and is that your verdict? Yes. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We all know that this is one of the hardest things we have ever done.
0: I'm going to ask you to return uh, to the uh, jury room. Uh, your, uh, the two remaining alternates are also going to join you, and I'll be with you in a few minutes. Thank you.
1: Thank you. All right, for the jury. Seated. I'm um, as we vote, and um, considering if the ninth at nine o'clock in the morning for sentencing effect. That should be fine, Judge. Thank you. Mr. Smith, April of ninth at nine o'clock is fine. Thank you. All right. Um, I'm going to ask that everyone to remain seated while uh, the defendant is taken out of the courtroom. All right. All right.
0: And that is the verdict in what is a groundbreaking case against the mother of the Oxford High School shooter from Michigan. That shooting, of course, in November of 2021 all four counts of involuntary manslaughter, Jennifer Crumbly has been found guilty of for the deaths of Madison Baldwin, who was just 17 years old, Tate Muir, who was 16, Hannah St. Juliana, who was 14, and Justin Schilling, who was 17 at the time of Jennifer Crumbly's son going into the school with a gun that had been purchased by her
2: husband. No visible or audible reaction uh, from Crumbley. Uh, standing at the defense table she briskly walked out uh, after the judge and jury left the room she did not look uh, at the camera uh, after it was addressed you just saw moments ago people in uh, the audience hugging and and shaking hands obviously a a period that has been very traumatic for this community but it is a a historic decision given that it is one of the only times we've seen a parent tried for something that a, a child a school shooter in this case has carried out. We're replaying the moments where the uh, where Jennifer Crumbley was uh, escorted out of the courtroom. Uh, we should point out being found guilty of all four counts. There is a maximum penalty of 15 years for each count to be served concurrently. Clearly, a significant verdict. And now her husband is going to be facing similar charges or the same charges in a courtroom just weeks from now.
0: That's right. And this may not. Uh, bode well for him as well because this jury in particular clearly had some issues with the meeting that happened at school and all of the things of of which Jennifer Crumbly was aware of. So too was her husband, and he is the one who purchased the weapon. And Jennifer Crumbly said he was in charge of securing it. We'll see uh, certainly what the jury in his case thinks. I do want to bring in uh, our Gene Casares to talk about this. You know, Gene, so often in the wake of these school shootings, and we have a whole team here dedicated to covering this really uh, groundbreaking verdict here I think so many times gene after these shootings and we've covered so many of them unfortunately we look and think about all of the different things that contributed where could it have been averted but never before have we seen it get to this point where you have a jury convicting a parent for their role in what they could have done and didn't do So what you're saying, Brianna, is
1: this this jury found beyond a reasonable doubt that Jennifer Crumbly was grossly negligent with her son or that she violated a legal duty of a parent toward her son and toward then the community and the victims in this case. I think the jury looked at the big picture because the prosecution's case was that Jennifer ignored her son that she was never there for him, that she spent more time with her horses three to five times a week after work than she did with her son. That her son texted her in March, beginning in March, saying, I think the house is haunted. The bowls are flying off the shelves. I'm scared. Maybe it's my delusions. Help me. There was not a response. There may have been a phone call an hour and a half later, but no response. And then later on, there was testimony that came into this trial that they family didn't know about but that he texted a friend of his saying I've asked my mom and dad for help to take me to the doctor I need help and my dad told me to suck it up and take a pill and my mother laughed the defense had nothing to cross-examine on that because Ethan Crumbly asserted his Fifth Amendment right even though we know he told his jailhouse psychiatrist, that he lied right there. But the defense didn't have an opportunity to cross-examine it. And then you get to buying the gun. Black Friday, when the jury had to believe there were mental issues here, there was ignoring their son, buying a gun, allowing him to use it. And then Monday, researching bullets in school, and then Tuesday, the math drawing, where they saw a figure gun, blood, bullets everywhere. My life is useless. The world is dead. And they said they had to go back to work, weren't asked to take him out of school, but said, we'll do it within 48 hours. And the school felt a concern that it needed to be as soon as possible. The jury had to look at all that in weighing and balancing. They are the triers of fact. And they had to determine that based on those facts right there, that is beyond a reasonable doubt of guilt, for involuntary manslaughter of a parent the first time in this country.
2: Laura, to you, I'm curious, the, the point that Jean just brought up and whether that could work in a potential appeal, the fact that the jury heard uh, these claims from her son that he had asked repeatedly for help from his parents to seek uh, professional advice when it came to his mental health issues, the jury not hearing the other side of that, that he told a psychiatrist that those text messages to his best friend were actually untrue, uh, is that something that her defense team could seek out an appeal on?
1: Well, they will most certainly appeal this decision, mostly because the extraordinary historic nature of what we are seeing. Every time we have seen, sadly, a school shooting, a mass shooting in this country, what do we all do? Viscerally, we ask what the parents knew. What
2: did they know? Were there any red flags? This trial was about red flags.